If you know you have a big mission as a coach, you're going to love today's episode. I'm Dallas Travers, and you are listening to Coaches on a Mission, the show to hear if you're a values-driven coach and you want a business you're truly proud of. So my guest today is Jennifer Apple. Jennifer has a super big mission, which is to give women and non-binary artists a community where they can build a sustainable and thriving career in the arts. And Jennifer has a lot of strong beliefs about what's broken in her industry, about the kind of support that's missing for artists, and she's committed to doing something about this. Jennifer's beliefs are super clear, they're very strong, and she's got the experience to back them up. So we just needed to talk through how to infuse those core beliefs into a cohesive message that helps her dream clients know for sure that her program is the program for them. I'm guessing you can relate to that gap we've all felt between the passion we hold in our hearts and the words we need to put on the page in order to communicate that passion. If so, this conversation will surely help you, so let's get going. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Before we started recording, you and I were just sharing that this is like the last thing for both of us to do at the end of a long day, at the end of a long week. So who knows what the listeners are in store for, because we're both feeling a little bit loopy today. I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, I'm all about a purposeful mess or like a self-awareness. I feel like I can't do what I do without being aware of what I'm doing. And if I'm in a spot that's like, I'm tired, then I'm aware of that. And then whatever comes from it is probably going to be a learning experience. So I'm here for it. Me too. So I'd love to get started by just getting a sense for where things are at in your business. So why don't we start, walk us through who you help and how, and then what's the general state of the union, just so our listeners have an understanding of what things look like before we dive in. For sure. Well, I'm Jennifer Apple, she, her pronouns, and I have a community for non-binary artists and women who are seeking a sustainable and thriving career in the arts. It is called the Empowered Artist Collective. And we are exactly that, a community that supports one another as we each try to go forward in our individualized artistic careers. The goal of which is to provide life and business schools to these artists, because as an artist myself, I know for a fact that institutions and universities, for the most part, are not preparing us for what it actually means to be a human, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. in addition to doing what you do as an artist. So providing those skills like mental health and wellness, financial literacy, how to set boundaries, how to ask for things, how do you communicate your actual worth? How do you respect other people and actually support one another and recognize that your success is my success and really kind of integrate these principles and values that are inherent within just what it means to be an artist um, in a more community-based way that allows us to really be there for one another as we continue on our own individualized paths. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. So our goal today is to brainstorm a strategy to bring more members into this community. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So if we could knock it out of the park (laughs) in our time together today, what would you walk away from this conversation with in your hot little hands? Yeah. 
I'm a tangible tools kind of gal. So for sure, some sort of tool or multiple tools that I know when I leave here, these are things that I can actually implement to bring in the right people, frankly, but also Mm -hmm. just those people who would benefit in being a part of this community um, and making sure that I am clear with the wording and messaging that I am providing to bring in those individuals. I think it's kind of the two-way street of finding them and then also making sure that I'm being clear to find them. Yeah. Great. Okay. So how clear are you on who the right person is for this program? It's an interesting question because I feel like, if anything, I feel like all artists, frankly, are right. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, in some way I'm trying to like not niche down. It's just who I have to self-identify and, you know, I'm a woman and I can only speak on behalf of a woman's experience. I am bringing in other artists and what I call trailblazers to talk about, say, the non-binary experience. But I found that at least in terms of holding space for the types of conversations that I want to be having as a woman, I feel most safe to have it in a space that centers the conversation around women and non-binary artists, just because there is some sort of shared experience about intersectionality Mm -hmm. within the way we are in a workspace and how we exist in the world. So I say like I've niched down in some way to kind of accommodate for what it is that I feel comfortable talking or existing in. But, you know, we've been serving mostly what we've we've been referring to as like emerging or pre-professional artists. So 18, it tends to be 18 to maybe like early 30s. Okay. I could say that there are pre-high school kids or kids in high school who really would benefit from having these conversations earlier so that as they start getting into their educational systems, they're actually looking for these things as resources as they're searching. So Mm -hmm. I see the benefit for younger. And I also see there's a benefit for people who are more my age, not that I'm going to say it, but like maybe in their thirties or forties who have been through it a bit and now are craving the community to help support them as they're very clear about what it is that they're needing and wanting. So I guess that's not really the greatest answer because I do feel that in the best world, it really just supports all like women and non-binary artists who want a thriving career in the arts. But I also know I can't serve every single human being. And so Mm -hmm. thus far it has been like 18 to 30 ish as kind of like the spot that we've been serving. Great. So I would love to talk for a moment about a potentially different perspective on niche. And I bet you, you even have this perspective, but you haven't actually connected this perspective to niching. Okay. Who cares how old these artists are if they share an experience and a stance of some sort? So a lot of what we've learned about niching talks about these surface details that do not matter at all. Have you ever hired a coach because you're like, oh, look at that. They serve my age range. How convenient for me. Like that doesn't happen. (laughs) For sure. So I think, especially for you, because you do have, talk about being a coach on a mission, right? Like you were the poster person for that. You do have a very clear stance, right? Which is like an argument you will die making if you have to right? This worldview that you, you are so dialed into that. So how does it land for you to hear me suggest that your target audience for this program, the perfect match members are women and non-binary artists who share that perspective? That's exactly what it is. I just have verbalized it in in that way, but yes. Yeah. yeah, that has been like the sketchy part for me is like, as I've been, you know, planning these ne- the next programming is 
how am I quote unquote selling it by demographic? But that doesn't feel right when it's all value based of like we are teaching these skills, these life skills that anybody can benefit from no matter where they are in their careers. So very much resonates with me. Anybody can benefit as long as the stance and the experience are shared. Otherwise, it rubs up against your value of my word for it would be belonging, but maybe yours is community, right? Okay. So now we're going to come back to this client attraction strategy conversation. Up until now or in the past, what has worked really well for you and what has felt really good for you when it comes to a client attraction strategy? I feel like (laughs) like that's why I volunteered for this show. I'm so confused right now. (laughs) Oh, God. Everyone's going to hear all the dirty laundry. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Here we go. I'll take one for the team. What has worked thus far is the fact that on my own as, I mean, an actor coach, but as a coach on my own, I am very, very grateful and frankly privileged and lucky to have worked with a lot, a lot of artists, whether it's one-on-one or through Mm -hmm. master classes or workshops that I've taught for universities or programs or with myself or what have you. So I've, over the past couple of years within my own self, I have a quote unquote accumulated clients that have worked with me and know me on a personal basis. So I feel like a lot of the client attraction thus far has been that people know and trust me for the work that I have done with them in these spaces. And then that has allowed the transfer over into this community. So a lot of the artists who have been with us have come through some of those programmings, whether it's been a long time or short time. So it's been through me as a coach first. Mm -hmm. Then it's also been a lot of word of mouth because thus far, I think the languaging around it has been, how do you tell somebody that they need to have this thing that they think they already have, but they don't realize that they need yet or know that they need yet. So the the messaging hasn't been fully clear. And so I think a lot of it is like, I've been through this friend, you will benefit too. Let me tell you some of the things that I did. So a lot of like ambassadors basically from our prior clients or our cohort members who have, who speak really highly about it. And then Instagram has been so valuable. We are, and this is my secret, we have we slide into people's DMs shamelessly. Mm-hmm. But by shamelessly, I mean we have like very specific languaging, which is a calling them in and like inviting mm-hmm. them to care about themselves. And you know, it has really worked. We've had a bunch of people who yes. over the course of following us and seeing what we're putting out and serving of the community have been like, oh, this, this does resonate with me let me join. So those have been, I'd say, our three main funnels mm-hmm. thus far. Mm-hmm. And so is it now just about like amplifying those things, like amplifying what's working so there are more people coming in? Or I guess, let me ask it this way. What is the client attraction problem we're trying to solve today? I think that there's going to be a cap, right? So I, on my own, am coaching X amount of people. And at this point, a lot of them are repeats. And then a lot of them, I, you know, depending on how much I'm teaching, I'm only meeting so many people. At the moment, as we're redeveloping and restructuring our programming, we don't currently have cohorts to then speak on behalf. It's just the ones that have existed. And yeah. Instagram has consistently changed their algorithms and who knows what they're going to do going forward. And so relying mm-hmm. on direct messaging people isn't necessarily foolproof. So I think it's really coming up with other ways. Like how do I market? I hate that word, but how do I share rather this community with people who I don't know, not just through the one social media channel and or my own network to really reach a broader scope of individuals who would benefit from it. Yep. I don't Got have it. an answer. <laughs> so. Got it. 
Great. So what I heard you say was word of mouth marketing has worked really well in the past, but you are now aware that I'm not meeting new clients or colleagues at the same rate I used to. And you and I don't see that changing. So I'm like counting on the flow of organic word of mouth to slow. There's also been a gap now since the last cohort. So where it would naturally you'd be in a cohort experience. And so that word of mouth would happen. There's like this weird empty space. And then you're just trying to be savvy when it comes to not putting all of your eggs in any one social media strategy basket. Okay. I totally get that. Here's what's up for me and tell me how it lands for you. I actually think that formalizing Jennifer is not the name, the word I want to use here, but it's the one that's coming like formalizing a very clear and strong stance from which you develop, we'll call it like a signature talk, right? That you can then use as the place people go to really understand your stance, your position and the value and either buy in or not, right? So by having this core message, you can then pitch yourself for podcasts for all of these artists that are out there and have something that people can sink their teeth into when it comes to your message. Like, oh, I know, yes, this is for me or, oh, I don't really get it. Like something, just this very clear stance. That stance then informs what you're, and you're already doing this, right? But recognizing that you are doing it and putting that out on social, hosting your own pop-up workshop, like an intro class. This is back, back when I worked with actors. This is how I nearly hit seven figures. You probably went to at least one yeah, of them. That's how right? I'm literally here, <laughs> however many years later. So right. yes. <laughs> so I had this signature talk and this is old school. It was like in an actual physical room with folding chairs, right? And people would come and listen to the talk and they would know at the end of that talk, yep, she's totally for me and now is the time. Yep, she's totally for me and I got to wait until whatever lines up or she is really not for me. Mm-hmm. And I just rinsed and repeated that for years, every quarter for years. The talk like got updated and adjusted a little bit, but it was really the same core message. So I'm talking a lot right now. And in essence, what it is I want to say is I actually believe that the strategies you're implementing can work longer than you think when we really nail down this strong stance. And then we can talk about how do we amplify some of your strategies. There are tools inside of the hive for you to go there. But how does that land for you? This idea of if I was going to make a case for something over and over again, and that message was the way people knew they belonged or it wasn't for them. How does that idea land for you? The idea lands, I guess I want to just understand, like break it down a little bit because I'm a yeah. little confused by stance. Do you mean like I hop on a video and it's like, here I am. This is what this community is. This is why this is important. This is like all of the messaging in a video. Is it stance? Like there's a series of content that I release out over a period of time that just kind of reiterates the same thing. Great. Is it like, I guess the stance part, the, what it is, the stance is the thing I'm struggling with. Yeah. Or I think what I hear you asking is how is it then communicated? Okay, great. I know what I believe in, but am I dripping this out in a 30 day email sequence? Like, how is it, how am I communicating? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I could talk about this for days, clearly. All the time. Yeah. It's yeah. who I am and what I believe in as in my core. But I guess, yeah, the way in which I do it, I'm not, I don't fully understand yet. 
Yep. I apologize for the answer that is about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> this is not going to give you more clarity. It shows up everywhere. Mm -hmm. So let me flesh that out for you. Once we're clear on like what parts of my very clear and passionate stance are the things that need to be communicated first, because you could talk about so many things, right? But what are really the core pieces? For me, one of them is marketing never has to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I believe that so wholeheartedly. That is something that is really broken about the industry that I am a part of. I've proven that that doesn't have to be the case. And I could talk about it all day long, mm -hmm. right? Another piece of my stance is you cannot build a business with freebies you find on the internet. And anyone who tells you you can reach six figures in six weeks with this six step formula is lying to you, mm -hmm. right? So in other words, if you really want a successful business, focus on habits instead of quick fixes. And I could, I have proof for that. I could talk about it for days. It's something that's broken about my industry. Yeah. So identifying like what, if we had three core pillars that you want to make those three pillars then inform everything that you put out. What mm -hmm. do I mean? A signature talk that could be translated to a workshop you give when you guest teach somewhere to when you host on your own to invite people to enroll that then gets broken down and it's the topics for a podcast that you're on yeah it also becomes like any piece of content and i want to shout out to mika awai for this from orisha creative she's the person i have learned from any piece of content i put out i'll tell you oh yeah that belongs to this part of my stance it all connects back mm -hmm. so what happens is you DM someone on Instagram and like they go check you out and immediately they know what you stand for, not because you've told them, but because you're showing them in your content. It also informs the weekly emails that you send out. Like it literally is everywhere so that the right people know. And then when you ask a student to refer, it's easier for them to do so because they know your stance and it's easier for the right people to come forward because they know your stance. It's kind of rocking my world a little bit in like the best way and also the most terrifying way because I'm like, everything I'm doing is wrong. Not because like what I'm doing is wrong, but because the copy on the website or like the things that we're putting out into social, it is serving, but it's not, and it's serving from a genuine place, deeply genuine place, but it's not communicating is probably the word. It's not communicating. Yeah, these like pillars of like why I created this program to begin with. And I feel like I already, I know my stances, if we're going to call them, like I know them hardcore about like, I believe that every single artist is like your success is my success. I also like, like you think about marketing. I feel that about success. We've been taught and told like this narrative that like, if you are successful, then that takes away from me. And like, it is so in my DNA that I do not feel like how much I disagree with that. Like yeah. you getting a role doesn't take it from me. Now yeah. there's more roles that are going to be created like that. And then I can have mine whenever my time yeah. is right. So like, I, yes, like all of these stances, I know it's just now rocking my world about how do I translate all of that everywhere wow. and right. the of what that's going to do for me. We do it over time. Right. And I think the first step is to narrow it down to fewer than to five or fewer. Yeah. Like if you're going to beat a drum, right, you get to beat five different rhythms, any more than that. And then we just start to feel confused. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And I'll tell you, when you really begin to practice this, creating content, having conversations, it actually gets easier because the can you have a whole bunch of opinions about all of these elements impacting artists. By narrowing that container when it comes to your messaging and marketing, it actually makes it easier to come up with stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear so that. The way I really like to approach this is, what is it? my members, my dream clients, the artists who I am meant to serve, what is it that they need to believe about themselves, about the world around them, like fill in the blank there in order to, yes, enroll in this community, but more importantly, be successful inside of the community. And those really inform your stance. But I think if we can actually dig into your stance, dance a little bit, because you know it, we just need to narrow it really, right? Then I can point you in the direction of a number of client attraction strategies inside of the hive that you can just watch the videos and implement, right? But it's this piece because you're so passionate and what you deliver is really so much that it's even more important to narrow this core message so that it becomes... I need to be a part of this community rather than, oh, that sounds nice when the timing is right. Right. Yeah. So does that sound okay to you? Like our client attraction strategy conversation is actually going to shift now into a core messaging conversation. Totally love that. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Great. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, The very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz go and check it out and then let me know on instagram how you scored sometimes for me this is most helpful when i have a specific person in mind a dream client you could also like mash a few dream clients together to create an image for yourself about the person who is ready for this collective and ready to be successful what is essential for them to believe in order to be ready to step into the collective, to stay there, to contribute, and to really grow inside of the collective. They need to believe that there is a world in which they do not need to feel alone in being an artist, that they do not need to feel isolated and have a lack of access to other artists the word like networking is gross, but like a network of support to help them and support them while they are going on their artistic journey, whatever that might be. They need to believe that they deserve a community and and that support. Mm -hmm. 
what is it they believe now? So not now since they've been in the collective, but before really buying it, like understanding this, what was the belief that they had? That as an artist, it's a hustle world. And that if they don't work there, you know, super hard, then they will never make it. That if they don't know the right people, they will never make it. That if they don't have access to, they, they didn't go to this particular school or they didn't grow up in this particular place, they'll never make it, whatever the making it means. But it's just impossible for them to quote unquote make it if they didn't have access to all these other things. And yeah, they're feeling like they should have had that. And if they don't already, then there's already a loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I believe that only actors who are like born into the business or went to Yale, right, make it, what do I need to believe instead? Because I think that's different from the I deserve support and I am not alone. Yes, <laughs> which is why this is all confusing. What do they need to believe instead? That there is no one right path. And I've mm-hmm. said this so many times, there is no one right path. There is only the path that is right for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that is like, I say, one of my stances. I believe it. I say it all the time, but there is no one right path as an artist. It's why it's so complicated because you don't just go to law school and become a lawyer. You don't go and get a residency with the doctor. It's like, there's no one right path to look at. You know, if you were to pull 10 artists, they'd all have a different journey. So there is no one right path. There's the path that is right for you. And on that path, many things may also surprise you being open to the possibility that your artist journey could become something other than what you think it is allows you to actually invite what you want. Yeah. Right. Talk a little bit more about that piece. Cause that's a tricky one. It's like, wait, are you telling me that I'm not going to get the thing that I want? Cause I want this thing very, very much. So what are you you selling me here? (laughs) That is what you want then go for it. And let's find those, let's, I mean, what you would learn in our programming is like the small movements to get you towards what you want for sure. But in the process, staying open to the fact that there are people, ways, methods, opportunities that will surprise you that actually might illuminate more about this wanting and desire that you have that might actually amplify different parts of it that you might not have even thought about beforehand. You might see this wanting in a different light that it's not just, I want to be on Broadway. It's like, oh, actually, I want to originate a role on Broadway or I want Mm -hmm. to actually develop the show even before it gets to Broadway. Like all the other, I mean, that's such a, I hate that one Broadway thing too, because what is that? That's another conversation. But like, if that is your goal, then there are other ways to clarify Mm -hmm. that wanting if you stayed open to, well, it's a workshop that seems like nothing right now with these artists who are young and coming, recognizing that it took Hamilton six years before they even got a first production. Mm -hmm. You are that person starting that workshop and then they bring you along with it. And yeah. look at that, you've just developed, you've just gotten your dream in a very different way. Got it. I totally hear that. Okay, so I'm hearing two parts of your stance so far. I deserve support and I am not alone. I need to believe that. Mm-hmm. And there is no one right path, just my path. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. What's broken about the industry your clients are in? <laughs> Do we have four hours? We're, we're um, still having a stance conversation here, yeah, right? Sure. But what's broken or wrong or outdated? Oof. Okay. Let me think about, yeah, there's a lot. I think it's that we're, we're taught what success means mm-hmm. and it's not that. 
Mm. We are taught, we are told that's, that's why I mentioned like the broad, like we are told that if you are not on Broadway, you are not a successful artist. Right. I know plenty of friends who are consistently working artists and they are not on Broadway, but they're actually making more and doing more and performing more than any person who has single time been on Broadway. They are artists, whether they are working or not. Mm-hmm. That for me, I think is maybe another one, which is, yeah, you are an artist, whether you are working or not. And this idea that success are these clocked barometers of Broadway or a series regular on a TV show or winning an Oscar, all of which are incredible. And, you know, I'd love to do all those things too. But there is this idea that we've been told that if you do not do those things and somehow that takes away from how much of an artist you are and the talent that you have and the worth that you have and the work that you put in for all of that, which is so insane. <laughs> like totally. You, you are you've invested your time, your energy, and your money and your talent in all of these ways. And for you to only think that you're quote unquote successful if you've reached this pinnacle takes away from the process. Yeah. And yeah, I think this idea of success is has made our artists spin. And it's mm-hmm. really, really sad because so many of them feel that they have somehow not met their potential. And it's like you are if you actually just sit with who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, I really hear that. So two more, you're an artist, whether you're working or not. And then this is the words I gave to what you shared. The industry's definition of success is not true. Yes. Great. Yeah. And it's interesting that we've come to those because if I think about all the podcasts that I've appeared on prior to this or any of the conversations that I've had with artists in the cohort spaces, these four things have come up over and over and over again. So yes, we're, so this, we are on the right. Yes. Okay. Okay. So your first assignment from me, if you're open to accepting it is to sit with these four and just ask yourself, is there any other core belief a member needs to have before really being ready to enroll and be successful inside of the program. More is not necessarily better, but I also just want to make sure we're not missing anything because at the beginning of this conversation, you talked about providing support for mental health, financial wellness, and a more well-rounded support center for what it means to really be an artist and a human instead of just function inside of the industry. And we actually, let's talk about that because we haven't touched on that piece here. So what is a core belief or what's broken in the life of the artist when it comes to these other core areas of their lives? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with access. I think, you know, so many artists don't either have the access to, say, mental health resources, or they haven't had one thus far, or they haven't had the ability to either have finances to afford them all the quote unquote training they think they need, or the different programming they want to be a part of, or the outfits or the apartment or the move or whatever that, that then hold them back from pursuing the things. So I guess, I don't know, access isn't the word because it's not the word support, because that is like a different thing. That's like a human thing that I meant. It's more of like a resource thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I think I I might, I think what I hear you saying is access isn't the word, but because before they can have access, they need to know that they need they need to know that access is possible. Yes. And also they need to know that these actually even more that so they need to know that these are the things that actually matter to be a thriving artist. 
I think we have this idea that it's, uh, I need to be able to kick my face, felt my notes and do a monologue in order for me to be an artist. And it's actually, I mean, yes, those things are important, but it's actually, I need to be a good human. I need to be honest and truthful with my work as well as myself. When I show up into a room, I need to be able to, to find spaces that I can be myself and recharge so that I can then show up to tell these stories. I need to be living in a space that fills me with as much joy as possible, that isn't draining me of my resources. I need to be able to fill my life with things that as a human being allow me to show up and then be able to show up as an artist. So it's the access to like the life stuff that I think people don't either think they they need or that they aren't aware that they need. Got it. It's like there's a divide for them. There's a disconnect, like, great, having these other things that I need and being a good person, that's all fine, but it's not related Correct. to my artist path. But okay. it, even though it is, and that's the thing, that's the, that is the major disconnect about what we're offering to what the need really is that these artists down the line are like, oh, I should have been focusing on the, and I hate the word should, but I, I wish yeah. I had been focusing on those things before now it's too late and now I'm in a rut and now I'm struggling and now I feel like I'm under a pile of bricks and I can't get out of it. Where are my resources to help me? Jennifer, this is like the core belief they have to have. Because if I don't believe this, I'm going to go take another yeah. voice class. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's so, why this was all started was like right. they're all singing their faces off, but like no one knows how to be a human. <laughs> like, no one is a person. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're these shells going, telling stories. But if you're not you, like, how do you show up and tell the story? Yeah. Yeah. So is the belief, and I didn't catch all of your language because I got so distracted by kicking my face. <laughs> like, did she just <laughs> say kick your face? And then I'm like, oh, she did say that. Okay. So being an artist is about more than kicking your face, belting. What yeah, were those? Yeah. You said belting. three things. Kicking your know. face, belting your face, something belting, else. Belting your notes and like doing a monologue, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. It could be as simple as being an artist is about more than nailing your monologue. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So here's your assignment. I want you to sit with these now five core tenets, if you will, and just see like, how do they land? Are these really them without overthinking it? Right. And am I missing anything? I guess the only one, the one of like being an artist is more than kicking your face or if they do, which is that it's like, I want to make sure that it encapsulates the fact that it's actually like the actually part, what it actually is, is the human component. I think that would be the only one right now that feels somehow lacking because the like, it's more than that because what it actually is, is be a person. So what is that for someone who isn't in your world? How can you explain be a person? Yeah. Have, and this is going to be so rough and just like off the top of my head, obviously, but like feeling like you have a place that you can come back to you or like knowing what you need to feel most yourself, whether that's like, for me, it's like being in the mountains or in nature. I know if I go take a hike, I will be grounded again and I will be recentered. Like find, be investigating ways or spots or areas or people. I mean, it's many different things for many different people, but what is it for you that makes you come back to yourself? Yeah. And if you don't even know who you are, then what are the ways that you can then dis- investigate and discover and find those things that fill you as a human being? that make you feel full of joy and being inquisitive and 
experiencing the world and learning more, which will only help your artistry in telling those stories, but just really about the person part. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something around being a true artist means knowing what you need to be most yourself. Yeah, there's something in there. Yeah, and that's not it either, though, right? It could be because I need to be able to see it in a tagline or hear it as I walk past you in the hallway and get what you mean. So it's I not think about it's the true artist part because, like, you are an again, like going back to the right. earlier chance, you are an artist no matter what. If you are an artist, you are an artist, period, right? No one else gets to define that for you. But I think there's this idea of like, in order to be the, and this is also really rough, but like in order to be the most truthful, honest artist you possibly can be, you need to be an honest, truthful person. <laughs> like you need to have those core things within you first before yeah. anything else. This might be closer and we'll just have to sleep on this, I think. But so it's not about nailing your monologue. It's about being an honest, truthful person. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because like, I think many people would be like, but I am. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> I guess, I mean, who's to say you aren't maybe people who think that you're, you, you aren't, but like, I think there's some people who, who just, I would still say you're an incredible artist, but I still don't trust you. And this is about helping the right people identify their shared beliefs. Mm, mm. Right. So it's not about, oh, I am that it's not about saying, yes, I am that or no, it's about, yes, I agree. Right. I agree that it's yeah. not about the monologue. It's about being an honest, truthful person. Mm. For me as a human being, like that's one of my like core tenets of like, I, I don't want you in my life if I don't feel those things from you. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you be grating on me, but if I know you are honest, come mm -hmm. at me any day of the week, any day, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So your assignment is like, just roll around with these for a little bit. And the mindset I invite you to take on as you do is if I was only allowed to talk about four or five things that matter the most to get the right people started down this journey, are these the things? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. And so now with these, with this messaging in place, you can go and apply the client search process. What that does is bring structure to this thing that's happened organically for you, which is referral marketing. Mm -hmm. And client surge is designed for you to like push the button and surge again, and it's repeatable. You don't have to wait until you're in a cohort to do it. And I feel like for you getting clear on these tenants to use your language will help you show up as a truthful, honest person inside of that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with the list building module, right? We've got this core message in place. So now the idea of pitching yourself for a podcast just seems so obvious and clear because you, these are the things you believe and you need to shout them from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. So I want to invite you to play around with these really like make them your own. It's, it's your words, right? But just spend some time with them. And then the next step is going to be if what you want is members in the program where I recommend starting, keep going with the DM strategy and you got to run with that for as long as you possibly can. Right. Trying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but also try on the client search process. Yeah. It's so funny because that's literally where I am in the hive programming right now. Perfect. And 
we would say in in like Yiddish, it's like, it's beshert, which means it's like meant to be that we're having this conversation when we are, because I've been having like technical stuff and it's prevented me from starting the client surge module, which I feel like mm-hmm. it's meant to be that we're having this conversation now because going through the client surge module with these in mind will be a very, very, very different experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know for you, client surge is laid out in a very step-by-step methodical way, which you will respond to really well, but it could easily take you out of this truth and meaning that's so important because you could get distracted by, boy, why is she giving me so many steps? <laughs> so now you can really ground yourself in the this stance. And yeah. I, I agree with you. The client search process will feel aligned, much more aligned. Just out of curiosity, like, do you feel like, it would help me, this is so silly, but like help me to literally like write them on a post-it and like keep them next to me while I'm doing it so that I don't forget them. Or is it just like, I just need to just constantly be reminding myself, like, just think about like your, your emotional life when you're doing this instead of just being pragmatic. Hmm. I don't know. I have a few thoughts around that. The first one is what a great way to really identify if you've got it to literally surround yourself with these statements, even if it's just for a week or two, right? If they're staring you at the face, like do they still fit a week from now, Mm -hmm. right? And then the next layer is, where can I hide these? And I don't mean, I actually don't mean hide, it's it's hidden in plain sight, but I love playing the game. Each of my core stances, I've created them as a truth bomb, if you will, statement, just like we just did. And I hide them everywhere in my social posts and emails. And as soon as you know what they are, you're like, oh, there she goes again. Like I see it, (laughs) right? So I kind of play the game of really embodying them and like, how often can I say these things? And that's been very light for me and really, really fun. So eventually you don't need to have post-it notes and you don't need to even think they are, they're just really a part of how you communicate, which I want to just tell you, they already are. We've just now like lassoed them, right? Or put them in a container so that you have a more clear awareness of this thing that you've really been doing unconsciously up until now. Right. Yeah. That's very helpful. Yeah. The only one that's like creeping in, just going back like a while is like, the amount of times I've said, and I believe, and I don't know if this is a stance, but like, and now it's like, now we're at too many is like the amount of times I've said, like, you are enough or like you are worthy. And I genuinely mean that with like, no, there's, you don't need all the, even though like, which is not a way to sell the program, but like this idea, <laughs> like, if I'm like, you're enough, you don't need it. Like, but it's just more like all this other stuff is just noise mm-hmm. when it comes to shove. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's tagged into the last mm-hmm. You know, what you may find is this first, this is why we, yes, write them on some post-it notes and surround yourself with them because we can make a really strong case right now for you are enough being the stance. And underneath that, one of the things you talk about is like, you deserve support. You're enough. Of course you deserve support and you're never alone. Right. Right. So just, yeah, like be with them and give yourself permission to really, to adjust, right. And feel into them and adjust accordingly. Okay. Yeah. This feels very, very, very helpful. I'm so glad. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay. (laughs) I feel like the two of us are like, we have no idea where this day is going to go and this conversation is going to go. And it really was 
really, really beneficial. So I'm super, super grateful. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on the show with so much passion and such an open heart. This was fun for me too. All right. So for everyone listening, this is an invitation for you. Take a beat. What irks you about the industry that you're in? What's broken about the advice your audience receives? What's something that you could talk about until you're blue in the face because it matters so much for you? And see if you can start to identify and lean into your own stance in your marketing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.